The following podcast is work safe. Gaming. Board in the Gaming. You can even game what your own can. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the breakout bonus level for We Talk Games. Go to WeTalkGames.com. Our name is our address and be part of that social media networking site to talk games. What a fantastic community. We're back with another episode of the Portable Gaming Breakout Bonus Level focusing on the iPod and the iPad. And uh, joining me on the line, Jaden. I am getting crunk on Smurf Berry Juice this time. Man, the Smurf Berry Juice is so good except as a game. Yeah. Hey, today we're going to talk about... And as a bill. And as a bill, yeah. iTunes is so good at sending you a bill rapidly. You don't have to wait till the end of the month for a big giant bill for like $500. You see it within the next few days, and then you can catch it if your kid buys too many Smurf berries. Yeah, tell me about it. I get three bills from them a week with how much crap I buy. It's no good. It's all bad. It's, uh, they, 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 uh, they got us. They got us. They might as well just be garnishing your wages. And, they are and, for me. Yeah, and then you know they set up like a like a limit, and you know dings. You've hit your two hundred dollar limit for this week. Wait until Monday for more games. Two hundred. Geez, I I would go over that in a couple of days. That's horrible. Hey, today we're going to talk about some racing games. We'll start off with that. Then we're going to hit some uh, more newer style games. And then we're going to get into the 16-bit and retro type of gaming to wrap it up. So what are you going to start us with? I know you like to do your weekly pick of the week weekly. Yes, I got a really good game of the week this week. This is probably my favorite iOS game at the moment. And maybe ever, just because this is really, really good. Wow. It's called Disk Driving. Okay. And that's driving with an apostrophe and no G. Right. There's a free version and a paid version. The free version has ads. The paid version doesn't. Okay. Uh, I bought the paid version because I wanted to support the developer and get more awesome stuff for this game. Is this an Asterix game or just for your iPhone? I believe it's just for the iPhone. I don't think they have an iPad version yet. Okay. But uh, you're, you're not going to care. It's very playable on the, uh, on the iPad as well. Okay. Think about taking the best part of Words with Friends, which is playing with your friends and turn-based and all that good stuff, and then combine it with Mario Kart. Oh, okay. Yeah, Eric Alex was on, and he talked about a table tapper game that had to do with drifting and and car games, but this is more like a kart title. Yeah, this is more like like a kart. What this is, is you've got a little disc, and uh, you play with your friends. You can play anywhere from two to four people on a track. You take your little disc and you flick it along the track, and that's your turn. Now, it'll bounce off walls. There's obstacles. There are places where there's no wall, so you can fly off the edge of the track. You'll charge up a little meter as you're moving. It'll also charge up if you bump another disc or if you knock a disc off the edge. And once that meter's full, you can use any of the several, I think it's six different specials, which uh, you can either get a speed boost, you can jump, you can drop a bomb on the track, you can drop oil slick, you can move through objects. I think that might be all of them. I'm sure I'm forgetting one of them. But uh, it's just a big, chaotic race to the finish. Whoever can get through three laps first wins. The fun part is you can actually go back and watch replays of what everybody else did on their last turn. And you chat with your friends while you're playing. So a lot of times I'll log in and someone will have posted a, a little chat. It gives me a little number next to that race. Right. 
and I'll log in and I'll see someone posted derp. And so I scroll back to whatever their turn was and get to watch them make some really embarrassing move, like where they end up further back than they started. <laughs> gotcha. So like they'll fly forward, hit someone else, then uh, bump into a bumper and then get shot back like twice the distance they started at. Okay, so it's sort of like a, a shuffle puck game. Just from your description, it reminds me of when you remember you used to do that football game where you nudge the foot, the triangular football along the table, and then you know you flick it through the field goals and hit your friend in the face. It has sort of like a shuffle uh, element to it as well. Hence the name disc, I guess. Yeah, and again, this is really addictive because you just pick it up a couple times a day. You play for a couple minutes, like if you're in the bathroom in the morning, and you've played through all your friends' turns, and you can just ignore it for a little while. It's not something you have to rush to get back to. Gotcha. The developer supports it really well. There's new tracks that come out. New features keep coming out. Like now you can get random opponents if you don't have enough friends to play against. And then they also do uh, tournaments through their website where you can sign up and then compete in four-person races to see who makes their way up the brackets. Gotcha. By far one of my favorite games I've played on my iPhone yet. And uh, also, if you're a fan of Tumblr, look up a blog called Disc Tumblin. It's a collection of really, really amazing and really, really horrible disc driving videos. Like oh, neat. The, the best turns and the worst turns amazing. Uh, a friend of mine runs that. Oh, cool. So it, it's very entertaining. You can see what to do and what not to do by reading that blog. Right on, man. I should probably add there's a lot of my what not to do's on there. <laughs> the racing games I want to talk about are a little bit more traditional in the racing style titles. On the last episode, which was many moons ago, uh, you mentioned that last year at the end of the year, EA dropped a, a ton of their games for 99 cents. And I did. I already had Need for Speed Shift, and I thought that was pretty good. So I picked up uh, Hot Pursuit, which is the cop chasing one. And, you know, you really can't go wrong with these titles if you want to show off the graphic capabilities of your of your system. I mean, Infinity Blade notwithstanding, that just totally blows everyone away. But uh, these are pretty well-controlling racing titles, and uh, Hot Pursuit is where you could either be the cop or the driver, I think they call the other person, not the criminal, to avoid, I guess, a higher rating and the, the more whatever stupid thing that those raiders have, 100 plus or something. But they also came out with a top-down sort of title called Reckless Racing, which I just had a blast with, and it looks great. It sort of reminds you of a really beefed-up off-road type of game, and uh, the it looks fantastic. I don't know how else to describe it. I don't think they have a free version. They might, but uh, you really can't go wrong with Reckless Racing. It, it controls well, and it's uh, fun to play. But the game that I wanted to talk about um, really was a title by Namco, which only recently came out within the past month or so, and that is the Ridge Racer franchise coming to the iPad. Now, it's been available for the iPod a lot, and most of the reviews on this is that it controls horribly. To me, it harkened back to the first times I played the original Ridge Racer on the PlayStation 1, and I played every version of Ridge Racer for the PS1s, even if it didn't come to America, I played it a year in advance, you know, uh, as soon as the newest version came out in Japan. And uh, this one, if you are a fan of drifting and you know how to play the original Ridge Racer, then you will think that this controls very well. It's incredibly difficult, it's incredibly challenging. This is following in the footsteps of 
the way that Namco tends to be releasing some of their more well-known franchises, like the Time Crisis. Time Crisis 2 SHD came out where you can play like the first level, and then inside of the game, you decide if you want to continue on. Uh, the same goes for Ridge Racer. You could do the first race, which is just a time trial, and then pay the $8.00. Uh, which you know seems high to any type of uh, Apple iDevice player. But I decided, well, what am I going to do? I, I really like how the time crisis works, but I really love the Ridge Racer franchise, so I decided to go with the Ridge Racer franchise. And uh, then you race against other opponents. Uh, I think it's 12, 12 racers on the track. With you, it's 13. And uh, it looks great. It looks fantastic. Um, doesn't look as you know sharp as the Need for Speeds and the things that EA are doing, and maybe even not as nice as the things that uh, GameLoft is doing. But I think the Ridge Racers always were never the most sophisticated graphically, uh, even for the console systems. But you really have to be a fan of drifting. You have to know how to drift. And I love the controls and, um, because... You have automatic gas, and then you just have one brake button on the right. Unless you want to do insanity things like choosing a manual transmission, and those are things I never even did on a console, and I was able to beat every single one of those for the original PlayStation. And then to steer, instead of the tilt controls, I choose the two-button controls, which a lot, like I mentioned, uh, for for the uh, Space Invaders by Taito on the iPad, is just two buttons. You do have a left button, you have a right button, and it works very well. I never like misplaced where my hand is, and I was able to drift in every corner and drift quite well and control it so but you have to be a fan of drifting you have to understand how ridge racer works to begin with and then i think you're going to love this title i don't know i started to hate drifting after uh, mario kart on the ds trying to play it online i completely understand and i haven't drifted in a long time and i really haven't purchased any racing games in a long time but it was really nice to revisit this franchise and uh it really holds up well I've got one that's uh, kind of a racing game. Maybe not kind of. I don't know. Let's let's see where we go with this. This is another one that uh, got the lofty title of knocking Angry Birds out of the number one spot for two days. Oh, nice. Like, anyone that can actually pull that off is probably a big deal. This is a little independent developer. This is his only game. It's one guy's studio. Uh, the game's called Tiny Wings. Kind of a la Cannonball. How far can you go? Okay. You're a chubby little bird with tiny little wings, <laughs> hence the creative title. Yeah. And uh, your goal is uh, when you touch the screen, the sun rises. And when you press on the screen, your bird will tuck its wings in and go down really fast down a hill. And when you let go of the screen, he flaps his wings furiously trying to fly, which he can't really do that well. Okay. And your goal is to keep timing when he tucks his wings and when he flaps to get him as high and as far as possible. And as you're going, you're collecting these little sun symbols inside some of the hills that'll make the sun stay up longer. Oh, okay. So, you're so you're, when the sun goes yeah. down, then it's over. Okay. Yeah, as soon as the sun sets, he goes back to sleep. So your goal is to make it as far as physically possible while the sun is up. And that's literally the entire game. It's got a game center integration, so you're competing for high score among your friends. And uh, it's just a cute little game, which... The, the best-selling games always are the really, really simple ones. Mm -hmm. It's one anybody can play, and it's genuinely fun. Right on, man. Well, let's go not-so-contemporary. Uh, I, I Finally, there was a sale on Konami's 
a solid snake. <laughs> what do we call that? Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Yeah. You definitely go after Metal Gear, and I've I've been I know that this is just uh, you know Metal Gear, and then you just point at things that you want to shoot at, sort of like a silent scope or something like that, and you you can uh, pinch or you you um, unpinch. What do we what do you call unpinching? I don't know. You unpinch, and that helps you zoom in with your uh, rifle scope, and then you can shoot uh, villains in the f- distance, and then you have you know machine guns and all different types of special power ups and things like this. So I knew it was just like a point and shoot type of game but i've always been a fan of snake and and metal gear ever since the very first one so i've been looking for this price to drop and it it did at one point and for some reason i was under the impression that resident evil 4 for the ipad was also that type of game like they redid it in that uh, vein so when i picked up that when it dipped in price i was kind of shocked that no you actually walk around you uh, press the fire button or your knife button you become the human turret and then you uh, have a laser scope that aims at your zombies heads and private parts and wherever you want to shoot them and then you go boom 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 and uh, then uh, you're happy when they die and then you pick up plants that come out of dead zombies when they disappear I was surprised by that it controls pretty well uh, but I'm you know not uh, incredibly crazy about it and that's all I have to say about that. Okay, yeah, you- I tried the uh, the the light version of that okay. uh, maybe about a year ago. I'm just not a fan of three dimensional platformers because I get lost really, really easily in them. And that that's all it really came down to for me. So I didn't get a good chance to try it. Yeah, you work your way through different gates, and um, you meet different people. The story progresses along nicely. Like I said, I was I was kind of surprised about that it came out, and it's it's actually one where you walk around uh, adventure style. But I was um, it kind of worked. It, it controlled well, but I don't know how long I would play the title. But I definitely really like the Metal Gear. I know a lot of people pupped on it, but I sort of enjoy it, and I think it works well on the iPad, and I think it's uh, just good enough. Alrighty, well, I'm going to go super old school with a couple here. Altered Beast and Splatterhouse. Now, what are these on? These are on the iPhone. Okay, just standalone titles? Yeah, just standalone titles. You've got Altered Beast, one of the Sega Genesis and arcade classics. This is the Genesis version. Uh, so it's not as nice looking as the arcade one was, mm-hmm. even though they could easily put that on an iPhone nowadays. Sure. Controls beautifully. It's just as hard as you remember it was, like all the old school games. What they lacked in length of game, they made up for in difficulty. It, it's going to be a little frustrating if you're used to uh, current games. But overall, I, I really highly enjoyed going through it again. The other one, Splatterhouse, it's probably my favorite Turbo Graphics game. One of my favorite old school games. And I was really excited to see it come out for the iPhone, but they really, really need to work on the D pad. Mm-hmm. It's not as solid as it could be. It blocks the screen, which is already kind of small. Mm. And uh, the down button doesn't work as well as it should. And you really need that down button because one of his most powerful moves is that jumping slide, which is even hard to pull off on a regular D pad. Um, any chance that you were ever able to do that on the. Uh on the iPod? I did it a couple times, but the big problem is ducking and staying facing the direction you want to face. Oh, Which is okay. a big problem on some boss fights. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm stubborn enough that I still finished it, but <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was a, a chore. Right. Well, I love uh, fighting silverware and floating chairs. Hell yeah. 
Hey, speaking of the Turbo Graphics, one thing that I mentioned initially when we first started talking about the iPod and and even way before the iPad, that you know Nintendo should just swallow their whatever it is goofiness and uh, release so that people don't have to hack their their iPhones and stuff like that. Just release a little NES type of emulator totally licensed by them and then sell games within it. And we saw this happen with uh, the C64 emulator. And if, if Nintendo would do that, that would be really nice because there's a lot of people like me that aren't going to plop down money for a 3DS when it's technology I don't want in a device. Hmm, interesting. But, I mean, even for their whole NES catalog, the people would be just spending money left and right and then you know playing the games and they stink uh and but then they'd still buy the next one because that's how addictive uh their nostalgia is oh yeah i'd easily hit six hundred dollars in a week if that happened <laughs> easily well, something blew my mind because i never expected this to come out it it's only really available for the ipod but you know it looks okay on your ipad but unfortunately it controls the same way on both which is not so good yet they did come out with an update which improved it a little bit but it's still fairly difficult to do the the precise games that are available for it. but it's the turbo graphics the tg16 game box I could not believe this came out, and I was even more shocked with the types of games that you can buy within it. Now, oh, please tell me it has Keith Courage. It does not, which I'm kind oh, of happy of because I'm crushed. I know that you, maybe you like it, but I always hated that game. I was like, why is this in my system? This is not the best showcase uh, of what the PC Engine had available, uh, you know, at the launch of the American version. Yeah, I have no idea why it was a launch or a uh, included title. It, that never made sense to me, but I, I enjoyed it. I guess because they thought it was the most Mario-like, which was, you know, of course, very hot at the time. It does come with World Sports Competition, which was a game that came out pretty late in the life of the TurboGrafx-16. And it's really not, <laughs> once again, I mean, it's Hudson Soft, and, you know, it's it's a it's track and field type of game uh, with uh, Skeet and all those other types of uh, games that you like, Hammer Throw and things like this. But it's really not the best example of what the TG-16 could do. Although I think that they probably included it because you don't do a lot of D-pad things with it. What did come out were such titles as Twin B, which I loved it, you know, the, the Japanese versions. Shubi Bin Man, which came out in the States as Shock Man. Uh, Double Dungeons, which I was never really crazy about. World Class Baseball. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I loved the World Class uh, Baseball. I, I even liked the basketball that came out as well. The, the football, TV sports football, wasn't too crazy about. Uh, Salamander, Gradius, which are two... A very similar style games. Everyone should know what Gradius is. China Warrior, which was just you know a complete gimmick. Let's see how big we can make our pixels. Uh, Ninja Spirit, which is a favorite of a lot of a lot of folks. Vigilante, which is one of the release titles that I definitely picked up with my TG16 originally. But my favorite Bomberman, Bomberman '94, was available right at launch of this. Dungeon Explorer, which is. Um, very similar to a gauntlet game and necromancer r-type uh, soldier blade adventure island 
victory run, which is impossible to play normally and, and more so on here, and Military Madness, which uh, will control pretty well in this. But the problem, is, once again, is the virtual D-pads, and that's what's sad about it. But you also can demo. Every day they'll have a different game that you can play for 10 minutes and uh, see if you like it or not. And I think you can play some of the other titles uh, for a limited amounts of time as well, but I can't recall how you do that. That's but, a really good feature. It's it's just amazing uh, that this came out, and I if they can Im- improve the controls, maybe, I don't know, maybe try swipe controls. I mean, the great thing about the TurboGrafx-16 is much like the original NES, it was pretty much two buttons and a D-pad. Uh, they did later came out with the six-button Avenue pad, but that never even made it to the States. So I was just hey, blown As away long as they this. don't go to that Jaguar 20-button thing. <laughs> With the telephone on it, yeah. And speaking of Military Madness, which is my absolute favorite hexagonal game, which I talk about almost every episode of We Talk Game, Neo Nectaris, which was the follow-up to this, actually came out by Hudson as a standalone title for your iPod, iPhone. So pick that up because that's more hexagonal strategy war simulation goodness, which takes place on the moon. As it should. Yeah. So now you can play that on your uh, console systems as a downloadable title, your Wii, your 360, and I don't think it ever came out for the PS3, but uh, perhaps it did, you know, a couple of years later. And now you can take it on the go on your iPod. As all real good games should be. Right on. Got any uh, type of 8-bit, 16-bit goodness for us? I got a game that's done in 8-bit glory. Okay. It's called Game Dev Story. This is a title that We Talk Games is just a buzz about. Uh, Johnny Capcom talked about it. Kyle Von Cuba talked about it. What are your favorite parts of this game? Honestly, I just think it's it's one of the more fun time management games out there. It lets you uh, live the video game experience firsthand. That and it also uh, doesn't hurt that it's really cute watching the uh, the programming bugs fly up above people's heads. I see. What did you call your game development company? Oh, I just used one of the randomly generated ones. I wasn't that creative. So you start out as a, as a little, what, do you start out as an independent developer? Or I, I only yeah, began yeah. playing. You, you start out as an independent developer, and you, can only, you only have a license to build for the PC. Oh, okay. So you've got to buy your licenses onto the consoles as you go, and new ones get released as you're working. It doesn't matter if you buy one for the system that's out now if another one's coming out in a month. Uh, and I guess you have to make your game go gold or platinum or something, and then you can move to even more platforms. Right. You actually start getting better licenses as your games get more popular. It's definitely something you can sink a lot of time into. And who doesn't want to be a game developer? Or at uh, least try I don't to come want to do it for real. I know that much. Or at least come up with ideas for things when uh, not much is at, at stake. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you know what game I'd like to create? What would you like to create? Pac-Man. I bet you would have loved to have been the one to create that. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I talk about this almost constantly. Whenever I want to talk about perfect controls on the iPad, I always bring up uh, Pac-Man. Namco's Pac-Man is just so great with swipe controls. And they even came out with a swipe and then in parentheses, precise version of the swipe control so now you can even get more precise and like i said before i've gotten further on the ipad version of pac-man than i ever did on any other version of pac-man and the swipe controls work perfectly i don't like the d-pad control or you know the joystick control uh, i don't like the tilt control i mean <laughs> that's just uh bizarre 
that's a very uh, masochistic control right there. <laughs> Definitely. Now, once again, this is only the iPad version. The iPod version I didn't care for as much. And the iPod version of, um, of CE, not very good control. The iPod version of Ms. Pac-Man, not that great on control. But the iPad version of Pac-Man is just excellent. It's perfect. It's a great speed game. I really love it. Well... Miss Pac-Man finally hit the iStore, and I was ecstatic about this because I thought, here we go, we're going to have the same precise control going on that we had in Pac-Man on Miss Pac-Man, but I guess it was a different dev team because we don't have that precise control. And bizarrely, Miss Pac-Man starts out with defaults set to easy mode, which makes Miss Pac-Man move like a snail. You don't want to put it on easy mode. You don't want to put it on normal mode. You want to put it on the original arcade mode. That's where it moves at a pace that you can actually want to play this title. But sometimes you're going to get hung up with the swipe controls. It doesn't have that precise swipe version in there yet. I hope that they add this. I hope that there's an update because let's let's face it. If you had a choice between playing Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man, I would say the largest majority of people would play Miss Pac-Man. That would the, be my choice. Yeah, you get the bouncing pretzels and the bouncing fruit, and it makes it more challenging and different style mazes that happen and stuff like that. And you get the adorable bow, too. Exactly. We know you can't forget that part. We know that that's Pac-Man and drag, but we don't care. You know, later on, they had to flesh it out like, oh, there's actually a whole Pac family. No, back then, it wasn't. He was cross-dressing. And who knows how far he went? We don't know. But unfortunately, after I played miss pac-man i went right back to pac-man and really enjoy myself but i did get, once again i got further in miss pac-man and I, I think i got to you know banana where it doesn't change from banana and you get pretzel banana and uh, uh apple banana and things like this so i was able to get past pretzel every time and i'm a horrible pac-man or miss pac-man player so it does control well enough for that but it, it is going to get frustrating hopefully wait for a, an update that might give you that swipe precise control because they look great on here they're perfect and for some reason even though you played these games to death they're very appealing on the ipad yeah and something i've learned from my days on ios if you just email the developer and ask for a feature a lot of times they'll add it in it's just so easy to update games, but yeah, I'm, I'm rambling. Don't gotcha. remind me. No, that's good. Uh, another thing I forgot to mention about it, uh, Kyle Von Kubik will probably hate this because it doesn't. he can only play the Turbo Miss Pac-Man hacked version, and as far as I know, that's not in here. Tragedy. Did you ever see that? You go like a maniac around the screen. I don't know if I want to see that. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, that, that's probably as crazy as the uh, the invisible Tetris blocks. Right, gotcha. Well, there's some even crazier hacks of uh, Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man where you do have those invisible walls. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some uh, interesting uh, things floating around. But you might even find one of these turbo versions in the arcade because you can hack the legit machine to be able to run at these high-speed modes, and that's the only way he's ever played it. So what Makes else sense. you got? Alrighty, I got a really good one for you. This is going back to the more modern stuff. Um, I know I talked about Infinity Blade on the last time I was on. And uh, this is another game that uses the Unreal Engine. It's oh. called Rage. Okay. And uh, it's more of a tech demo than a game right now, although it is very playable. It's just an on-the-rails shooter. The scene is you're in a game show in the future. There's mutants everywhere from some weird nuclear holocaust. The game show host sends you through this little 
blown out building full of mutants that are trying to kill you. And he makes these horrifically odd and rude and funny comments through the whole thing. Like he's announcing it to the crowd, but you're from a first person perspective and you're just shooting all these things that are charging at you or throwing things at you. And you're trying to shoot at money and items and more ammo as you go. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a fun game. It takes about five minutes, I think, to make it all the way through. Oh, okay. So it's a little game you just pick up and play for five minutes. You get a score at the end based on how many dollars you won. And uh, you can just compete with your friends and uh, see you can get the most money. And it's also a universal app, which is always a big bonus for me. Yeah, great. Sounds like it combines a lot of elements of uh, titles we've played before, like maybe the one that comes most to mind is uh, the Smash TV. Uh, but then yeah, I was also, about to say Smash TV was, was one of the big ones it reminded me of. But then also the first-person shooting games, like House of the Dead or something. Right, very much House of the Dead, because you, you can kind of look around where you are ever so slightly, but you really need to finish what's going on next to you before you can move on. You can't like run away from anything. Gotcha. What else you got? A wonderful classic from the Wii that's won so many awards that finally came to the iPad. Hmm? What? World of Goo. What? Yeah, World of Goo is on the iPad. It's Hmm. only iPad. It's not for the iPhone or the iPod. Okay. I love this game. Yeah, don't get too excited if if you got the little iOS device. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This came out for $10, and one weekend they just dropped it to a dollar. Oh, and I jumped on it. Man, I wish I'd been, I wouldn't known I'd been about watching that it. Yeah. But the cool part is they saw how much their sales went up. So they only raised it back up to $5 after the sale and they've left it there. Oh, great. Good. Yeah. Because so this they're, is a game they're actually that, intelligent. Yeah, this is a game that, you know, a lot of people have played as well, but maybe not have not made it all the way through. So, uh, you know, some of these puzzles will still be fresh for them. Oh, yeah. And I, I never got the chance to play it on the Wii. But now that I've got it on my iPad, it, it's, it's a blast to play through. For those that have never played it, you're essentially building towers out of little goo balls. Mm -hmm. And the towers are affected by gravity and physics and all kinds of neat stuff as you try and get these little goo balls over to a pipe to get them sucked up into the next level. And they're they're cute. They make little noises. You have a specific amount of goo you have to collect in your uh, giant syringe uh, horror flask. I guess that's what it's called. Something like that. Yeah. It definitely deserves the awards it's won. Um, it, it's a beautiful, fun, unique little game. Yeah. Very good. I've got one more little thing for you here. I'm going to compare and contrast a couple games that uh, came out a little while back. Okay. I know a lot of the audience is uh, wrestling fans, which tend to merge over and also be mixed martial arts fans. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of people are curious that two mixed martial arts games came out for the iPhone a little while back. We've got uh, THQ's uh, name brand UFC Undisputed 2010. So name brand, it's got Brock Lesnar on the front of it. Yeah. And then we've got EA's MMA. Okay, so both of these are uh, console releases uh, that made a lot of hoopla with uh, different type of control schemes. Uh, Some people uh, really pooped on the EA version of the controller. And uh, the THQ one, of course, did uh, great numbers. So how do they translate over to the iDevice? Well, they've both got their their strengths and weaknesses. I'll, I'll start with UFC. The big strength in this one is the controls. You've got a directional pad to move left and right or to uh, get up or take down. 
And then you've got strike, grapple, and submit type buttons. So everything on that plays kind of like what you would expect from a console. The big drawback in there, though, is it feels turn-based. Mm. When you push the, the toward button, you're only going to take a step. So, I mean, if you want to make two steps forward, you have to push and let go and then push and let go again. Okay. Are you always facing your opponent, I guess? Yeah, you're always facing your opponent. If you try to shoot for a takedown, it's going to take a second to find out if you're successful before you can do anything else. There's oh. no fluidity. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But at least the, the buttons make a lot of sense. You can see what you're going to do when you push something. Gotcha. Other than that, the system is pretty simple. It's got all the named fighters that you would expect. Mm. But it's only got five people in each weight class. I've been waiting for updates to release more fighters, and there just haven't been any. Gotcha. So if you want to go to the story mode, you pick a fighter, and then you're going to fight to try and win that title. So here's the part I think is funny. You pick a fighter, so there's only four people that you can fight against in that weight class. And it'll show you who you're going to fight against, and then it's got question marks over the next three guys. And then you fight the next guy, and there's still two with question marks over them. Then you fight the next guy, and there's still that last one as a question mark. But at that point, you know exactly who that last one is. The whole game is just you fight these guys until you win the title, and hey, your guy holds up the belt, and it's over. I see, I see. Well, it, it is a pretty inexpensive game, so... The game just feels empty right now. Then I turned to EA's MMA game. And uh, the controls on this one are ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You have to, uh, to tilt the device to move. Oh, uh, the more you tilt it, the faster they move. <laughs> to do a strike, you have to tap either high or low to do punch or kick. And you swipe to do a hard punch or a hard kick. Mm. Then you swipe both fingers down to do, try and do a takedown, or both fingers toward to pin them up against the wall or something. Gotcha. And, and it's just all these weird swipe controls that are hard to remember <laughs> and don't really make much sense. If you try and go up for a submission against someone... Based on how good they are at submissions versus how good you are, they have differing levels of this. And uh, you'll have to complete three shapes on the screen. Like, uh, if say you're really good and they're really bad, it'll say, oh, okay, well, you have to draw a line to the left and stay inside the lines and do it really quickly. And now you have to fill in this circle. And then, oh, here's a triangle to do. <laughs> and this is the same way you defend a submission. You have to be able to do them before the timer goes all the way down. And if you go outside the line once, you fail. I see. So say I'm fighting against Anderson Silva type fighter, uh, just because that's the only guy I can think of name-wise. Uh, <laughs> th- he's not in the game, obviously, because it's no named fighters. And you're like just a little rookie guy. Oh, okay, you have to stay inside the line on this 10-pointed star that goes in a nice big circle, and you've got like two seconds to do the entire thing. Or he breaks your arm. Oh, gotcha. Uh-huh. So the, the controls ones. are ridiculously yeah. bad. But on the upside, it's got two named fighters. Um, off the top of my head, I think it's Randy Couture. And, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. He's the, the whiny guy that was on the last season of The Ultimate Fighter that didn't even finish the show. Uh, Tino Ortiz. Oh, yeah, that, okay. that little punk guy um, <laughs> that no one likes. Uh-huh. Uh, you can tell I'm not a fan. Yeah. Those are the only two guys I even recognize from the list of fighters, but there's still about 30 fighters. Oh. And uh, you can fight in between weight classes. So it's, it's got like catch weight and stuff like that. And then for the story mode, you get to create your own fighter and give him his own statistics and put him through training and choose which fights you're going to take. So it, it's a very robust story mode. 
to where you can actually build up a lot of stuff that makes it pretty cool. The advantage to that one is definitely the story mode. So neither game is really complete, mm-hmm. but they both have potential. So I, I'd honestly wait and see what the sequels to each one is going to be like. Gotcha. Well, hey, I don't know if you saw, but THQ released WWE Legends of WrestleMania. So you can finally be Hillbilly Jim against uh, Andre the Giant. Oh, please tell me that's on the iOS. I'll go buy that right now. It is on the iOS. It is only for the iPod, but um, it is $2.99 right now. And it looks like it's the NES trying to do polygons. That's what it looks like to me. Oh, boy. I am totally downloading this while we're talking at the risk of my Skype connection. Remember when uh, they did release the, a WWE game and they pulled it like in two days because it was so horrible? Uh, yeah. It was broken. So, I'm, uh, I'm currently looking at Ted DiBiase versus Andre the Giant, and it looks like a weird Triple H yeah. versus a miniature version of Andre. Well, it has 367 five stars, so uh, and only 119 one stars. So there That's you go. That's a pretty good sign. That, that is as it's far a, as iOS goes. It's a pretty good sign that little kids that love pro wrestling will buy anything. Hey man, thanks for joining me. We'll talk about Legends of WrestleMania next time. Maybe we can uh, fight over the internet. I doubt it. Thanks, Shane. It's always great to talk to you and and help us spend thousands of dollars on our iPhones for games that we play for one minute. Hey, it's always my pleasure. And guys, if you want to keep me buying these iOS games and coming back, go grab my music at theeternalmusic.com. Yeah, let's not forget about that. We both do a little bit of tunes. See you, man. See ya. Bye. I'm <laughs> sorry.